him to give up. Every day Jesus kept up the battle with the prince of darkness until he became the victor on every point when he went to the cross and said it is finished. He never gave up because he loves us. And because of the death of Jesus, it loosened the grip, the power of Satan's, Satan's death that he has planned for everyone. And then Jesus makes an interesting statement. The church that is in existence right before Jesus comes, Jesus gives us a, a, we call it a verse, but it's just really a sentence that we should take to heart. Go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. Now remember, he's talking to the Laodicean church, the last church in the time period just before the second coming of Christ. The church that we're in right now, because I believe the way the world is in such a, a state right now, that Jesus is so close, we can almost hear the trumpet sounding. And here's what he's saying to his church, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on His throne. Overcome what? The devil. And he's talking to his last day church and he says, Look, I had to battle with him every day, but I never gave up until I knew that salvation was sure. And he's saying to his church, he's saying to me, and he's saying to you, I don't want you to give up. It's going to be a battle. You're going to face the devil head on because he's angry. And he's out to consume everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, especially his church. And he says it's going to be a battle. He's not going to, to give up on you. And there's going to be battles in your home. There's going to be battles at your work. There's going to be battles in the church. There's going to be battles in the government. There's going to be battles in the whole world. You're going to see things. You're going to hear things. You're going to do all these things. And it's the devil that's trying to get you to walk away from the source of power, from the one who has victory, and that's Jesus Christ, our only hope. And he says, if you overcome, if you overcome the devil, if you overcome the battles that he has for you, he says, I'm going to grant you to sit in the throne of heaven next to me, just like I was granted to come when I overcame the devil and said it is finished. And he's saying to us that we cannot give up as a church, we cannot give up as individuals, until we hear some special words that Jesus is going to say when he says that the, that the just will remain just still and the unjust will remain unjust still. You know what he's saying? He's going to say at that point, it is finished. 
And those that are just are going to be sitting in the throne of heaven. Those who have chosen to be unjust will not be there. You're going to be one side or the other. But he says if you overcome the devil, you're going to be on the just side. That's where I want to be. But it's going to be a battle. It's not going to be easy. It was never easy for him. We've got something to do. Jesus, even on the cross, gave hope to a thief who had no hope. And Jesus witnessed to him. He could have easily said, Oh, I'm in pain and I hurt too much. I'm on a cross, you idiot. Help yourself. He could have said, I'm helpless up here. Look, it's dark. I cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But all of a sudden, to this man that was hurting, who was in need of hope, Jesus turned to him and gave to him a promise that that man would overcome the devil because of Jesus Christ on the cross and that he would be in heaven. And so he was telling this man, you might be facing death, but you're not facing eternal death. You are for the next brief twinkle of an eye when you close your eyes in death you're going to come out victorious and Jesus never gave up his witnessing the devil tried to do everything up there to stop it he even had that other thief crying out and trying to put in mass confusion and and crying out with everybody else you know why don't you save yourself you save others why don't you get down off that cross but Jesus hung in there and he did the will of God no matter what took place. No matter how bad things got. I am going to battle that devil and I'm going to have victory. And Jesus says, you already have victory through Jesus Christ. It's just the old devil, he doesn't know it yet. He thinks he's still got a chance. He is a loser. And we are the winners. Do you really believe that? You better. You better. Jesus, Nicodemus, and read about Nicodemus there coming to Jesus. Finally, Jesus told Nicodemus, He said, Look, let me tell you about this love of God, this perfect love. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son into the very hands of Satan Himself onto His territory to, to do whatever Satan wanted to do to Jesus Christ, and He sure did it. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then that next verse says, 
that God did not send his son to this earth to condemn this world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come down to point out his fingers and say, you terrible people. He came down to say, you people, I love you so much, you have victory right now in Jesus Christ. But that's what he wants us to tell the world. Because they're still stumbling around in darkness. And they're saying, they think they're on a cross, and they're saying, we see no hope whatsoever. Well, there is no hope in this earth, but there's hope in Jesus Christ. We must seek to have a perfect faith in the promise that we will overcome just as Jesus overcame. Now, it's going to look like Satan's going to say, nah, ah, 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 ah. you haven't overcome. You're still rotten. You're still bad. You still do all these things. You haven't overcome at all. Yes, I have through Jesus Christ. Not by my might, nor by my power, but by the Spirit of the Lord Himself. I have victory in Jesus. So the devil says, okay, prove it. Be sinless. Is that proof? How can I prove to myself and to the world that I have victory in Jesus? Now that's a good question. How do I fulfill that? What comes up? Well, let me show you. Go to James, if you would. James chapter 2, beginning with verse 19. James chapter 2. Let me tell you something about James. James is the half-brother of Jesus. When Jesus was alive on this earth, James didn't believe that he was the Messiah. James had no faith in his brother whatsoever until after the death and resurrection of Jesus. So to have him write something here, I think he's writing from experience. He says, I know what it's like to be on the other side. I know what it's like to, to doubt in Jesus. I, I know what it's like to live a life that's against Christ. So he's got something to say. So we're going to look at James chapter 2, beginning with verse 19. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Boy, belief itself, faith itself is just not enough. You know, some people say, all i got to have is faith. And if I have faith, I'm saved. That's it. Well, I do have, if I have faith, I am saved by faith through grace. And the Bible says, not by works, lest any man boast. So I can't earn my own eternal life. But he says, you know what? James says, even the devil believes. But there's something else. Let's go to the next verse. 
But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the, bo as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. What is he saying? We already talked about that we have to have a perfect faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith must grow. We must exercise our faith. We will get stronger in our faith as we go through the school of hard knocks, as we have all these things that comes within our lives. As Satan dishes all these out, it is going to strengthen our faith. But the evidence of our faith is shown in our works. What we do. Faith is not just enough. The things that we do is the evidence that it's there. The evidence that when Jesus said it was finished and he had the, uh, the authority over, over Satan came about when he resurrected those out of their graves. It was his work that was the evidence that he had gained control. If we are to overcome, it's not just by faith alone, although we have to have faith. If it's just works alone, we're going to boast and say, hey, look what I've done. But it's not that. I've got to have faith, and then that will be revealed by our works. It reveals to the world, really, I am on the side of Christ. And so that's going to happen. Jesus was on the cross. You, you saw his faith. When he, he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. You know, but he's looking and the evidence of his faith that it's going, that he's going to go to heaven, that he has gained victory even before he has died is when he turned to that other man on the cross and said, today I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be with me in heaven. That's the evidence, that work of reaching out to someone else is the evidence that Jesus knew that he had victory over Satan before it ever happened. And it's the evidence for us is that our work is going to testify who our faith is really in. And the devil, he isn't going to like it. He's going to try to mess that all up. You're going, to, you're going to sit there and you're going to start to do something and he's going to throw something right in the works to try to mess that all up and get you to say, throw your arms up in the air and say, oh, forget this mess. I'll just believe, but I'm not going to work for Christ. It's too hard. Jesus says those who overcome the devil and the evidence that they're overcoming the devil is by their works and not giving up, by having faith that we have the victory in Jesus Christ and we're going to sit by the throne of God along with Jesus.
So watch your works. You know, works is not what you really decide to do because sinful mankind does a couple of things. Either I try to take the easy way and do the easy work. If I'm going to dig a ditch, I'm going to go out and get me a backhoe. That's the easy way instead of using the shovel because I don't want to exert any more energy than I have to. When you work for Jesus Christ, it's not always the easy way. Sometimes he puts you into very difficult situations. And there's no easy way out. Sometimes we just don't want to do any work at all. Sit back and prop our feet up. And let the world go by. And we don't want to do that. Can you imagine what it would be like if God for one day said, I'm not going to do anything whatsoever for these people right here that are sitting in this church. You know what would happen? You quit breathing. Every breath you take has the mark of the cross of Christ and the mercy of Christ on that breath. Every heartbeat that you have has the cross of Christ on that heartbeat. Do you know, God says, you know, everything is mine. The cattle are mine. The silver and gold is mine. It even talks about in the Bible that that He's the one that supplies you with the abilities to do things in this world. Everything is His. Your ability to, to learn where you are at with your position is stamped with the cross of Christ. You're not there because of you. You're there because of Jesus Christ. Your home is that home because of Jesus Christ. Your car is that car because of Jesus Christ. Your bank account is that bank account because Jesus Christ. It is all a merciful gift given to you. What for? To be able to witness to this world your faith. And so he says, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you some talent. Okay? So I want you to teach the kindergarten class. Oh, I can't do that. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. When I start saying I can't do something, I'm not stepping out by faith. And when I said I can't do it, my work stopped. You see, when God asks us to do something, He wants us to step out by faith and to do it. When He sets up the situation that's there, He wants us to step out by faith and do it. The money that you receive... He says, yeah, I want you to return a tithe. That tithe is mine. If you don't return it, it's robbery. You're robbing God. But he also talks about offerings. What's the offerings for? It is your free will to give of means to help share the gospel. And it's an evidence of your faith. Well, I'll throw ten cents in for my offering. Do you remember the widow? How much she put in? She dumped her old bank account in. Three pennies. But it was everything she had. 
It was an evidence of her faith because God's going to supply all my needs. Your work, your abilities as work is to witness to God. I don't care what job you're in. If you're an accountant or if you are a shoe salesman, you are to be there to witness God because your job is a stamp of the cross of Jesus Christ. You have that ability, and that ability is to be used to witness. Are you using your job as a witnessing tool? If you're not, it's an evidence of a lack of faith. Can I get any stronger? But I'm a retired pastor. I don't have to work. (laughs) You're retired because of Jesus Christ. That retirement has the stamp of the cross of Christ. And you now have your time to be able to use that time to witness for Jesus Christ. But I'm crippled. Do you know that even though he doesn't cause the crippledness, but he can use that with the stamp of Christ to use your crippled abilities to be a witness to another cripple who will not listen to anyone else but another cripple. But I'm going through a rough time with my divorce. Use that as a stamp of Christ because there are 50% of our marriages in the United States are ending in divorce. There's a lot of hurting people. There's a lot of hurting kids. They don't know where to go. They've tried everything that they can. They've worked on their own. They've given up because it hasn't worked. But Jesus says to you, go in because you know what it's like and you go and you witness to that other divorced person. And you give to them hope just as you have hope. Everything that we have, everything that is within us is to be used for works which is not to earn my salvation. I have that salvation through Jesus Christ and His death on the cross. But that is the evidence of my faith that I am going to overcome. I don't care what the devil dishes out. I don't care what happens. I don't care what other people say. I don't care what things are are taking place or falling apart within my life. I am going to use this to strengthen my faith. I'm going to use this for the ability to be able to witness to someone else that I have hope in Jesus Christ and He alone. And He will see me through, clear through to the end, because He has promised that I, if I overcome through the power of Jesus Christ, I am going to sit in the heavenly throne of heaven. And Satan can't do anything about it. Don't tell me you can't do anything. Don't tell me you're too young. Some of the best witnesses for Christ are the little children. When they look up into your face, like I had my little grandson look up at me and say, Grandpa, you're too fat. And because of that, I went on a program and have lost 30 pounds. If my wife was to tell me that, the battle would have been on. If my head elder would have told me that, I would have called 
for a new nominating committee to come. (laughs) Because somehow he's going to be replaced. But when a little child can say things that no one else can say, they can witness beyond belief. What's your works? Are you hiding? Are you letting other things to come into your life because you don't want to give it up? Do you let let your employers dictate what the gift of God is given to you? Or can you say, by faith, my God has asked me to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days I'm to labor and to do all my work, but the Sabbath is a day of the Lord thy God. And I'm not to do any work. And so I have come before you, my employer, to allow me to have my day with God, who is my strength. It's a witness. Oh, you may not get it right away. You may have to battle for it. But you've already got victory in Jesus. And you've got strength in Jesus. And you've got power in Jesus. And He's not going to let you down. But it's like in the Sabbath school that we had upstairs. By the way, I want to share with you a miracle. Got any place to go for a second? We had a Sabbath school class for 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, some of us old geezers who think we're younger than what we really are. And then it fell apart. My wife and I, we were trying to figure, how can we reach this age group? How can we get some of these who are not coming to church, how can we get them back? We took it to God in prayer. That very Sabbath, I had someone that said, can I talk to you, Pastor? So we met in the kitchen. She's getting all embarrassed. She says, Pastor, I've got this burning desire within me to take what I have just learned to come back to my home church and to start a ministry for the young adults. Now that wasn't me pushing something. That was the Spirit of God that says, that's what's to happen next. And now, Susie is using her talents, started this morning, to be able to reach out to a group of people that we could not minister to for quite some time. 
is being ministered to now. It doesn't happen by coincidence. It's the stamp of the cross of Christ. And we're overcoming the problems that we might have within the church. That's right. Praise the Lord. What are you doing? Or what excuses do you come up with? I, I can't get up early in the mornings. I don't look nice. Let me tell you another miracle that has happened. You're still not going anyplace, are you? Bill is. Last night I had the worship service at the villa in Loma Linda. <laughs> Let me tell you, yesterday afternoon I also had a new crown put on one of my, my tooth in the back. I was so numb from here on over to the side, I wondered, how am I going to speak with my tongue being numb? Five minutes before I got up to speak, the numbness went away. Sitting in front of me was a man some of you will know. Now the reason why I say this is a miracle was that the last time I went to the villa, which was quite a few months ago, the same man was there. He lives in Idaho. Do you think it's a coincidence that he twice now has been in the same place that I've been preaching? He came up and he started talking to me last night. I had shared with the group that next year we're going to have three evangelistic meetings. He came up and he says, you know, that's quite an undertaking. He says, I want to help. His name is Leon Cornforth, you know who I'm talking about? Oh! This guy only stays in his home church about four Sabbaths a year in Idaho. All the rest of the time, he's traveling all over the world. Now, he's mostly known for his work with the Mormons. He's got some stories that just you just wouldn't believe. But his greatest work is to teach churches how to be effective witnesses for Christ. What do you think God's trying to tell me? And he told me last night, he gave me his card. I've got his card here. He gave me his card. He said, call me. I want to fit into your plans and come to your church and to help your church learn how to reach out to others. Another answer to prayer. He's using his abilities to help little church. I mean, he... If he wants to go to Russia, he can go to Russia. If he wants to go to Italy, he can go to Italy. If he wants to go to Calamesa, he can go to Calamesa. Aren't they all foreign countries? No. <laughs> but he was impressed last night. He says, God's speaking to me, and 
God wants me to come to your church. Can you imagine that, Susie? He wants to come and to help you class, learn how to share. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, and I'm not doing anything. The pieces are just, I'm sitting there, and they're, they're coming together. That's God. But he wants a church that says, okay, I'm going to do something. And that's you and me. Are we ready to do it? It is the evidence to the world of our perfect faith that is in tune with the perfect love of God who has already saved us. It isn't a means of salvation. It's the evidence that I know that I have salvation. All that I have, all that I do, I do all to the glory of God to be able to share with others who have nothing, who are searching and looking, but they can't seem to find. And it's going to come. And it's going to happen. And you're either part of it or you're not. If you're not, look out. God separated the Red Sea. He might separate those who are not willing to use their work to separate them out. Not because he wants to, but he's going to use those who have the ability to begin to fill up. We often hear in Adventism about the shaking that's going to go on. We so much focus on the shaking. Let's don't focus on the shaking. Let's focus on the gluing together of God's people by the faith of God who's willing to work to do His will in this church. That's where our focus is on. Let's quit looking at the shaking. Let's look at cementing ourselves to Jesus Christ by our faith with the evidence of our work. Are you willing to do that? Take your hymnals. Was hardly any of that on my sermon notes. Where did all that come from? Turn in our hymnals to hymn number 590 because this is where it starts. I've got to be willing to trust, which is my faith, And then I must obey, which is my works, the evidence of my trust. Hymn number 590. stand as we sing.
Before we go to the next verse, there's probably someone here who may have lost their trust in Jesus Christ. Something has come into their lives and has blocked them from really stepping out in faith. And maybe Jesus is speaking to their heart and saying, you know, I really want this faith. I really want to believe that Jesus Christ has something for me. If you can't believe what he has said, what he has promised, it's going to be hard for you to obey. But what I've heard here this morning has moved something in me. And I want to come to Jesus Christ. And I want to begin to to trust, step out by faith. As we sing the next verse, if there's someone here who has the Holy Spirit working in their heart and wants to come up here, and I'm going to pray for them, please feel free to be able to come up and to put your faith, your whole trust in the one who has the victory over the devil himself. Let's sing the next verse. Satan is angry. You know, it's, it's evident all over. I mean, we can see it in our homes. We can see the things that are happening. We can let him continue to do that and destroy our homes and destroy our lives and destroy our eternal life. Is that really what you want? Now's the time because we're running out of time. I know they've been saying that for generation after generation. But really, if you've got to look at this world and you've got to see... This world is just falling to pieces. There's nothing this world has to offer. And so the only one that has something to offer is Jesus Christ. If you feel that pull, not just these individuals. I mean, we're going to pray for them. And I praise God that they're here. And it's not because I've coerced them to come. They're here because they're stepping out in faith. And they want to follow Him. If you feel that need, as we sing the fourth verse... Please come forward.
some of the individuals who are here are not members of our church. Some of them, it's the first time they've ever been in this church. But they're not here by coincidence. God led them just as he has led you to be here. And he wants us all to to believe together in faith, to encourage each other. You know, Satan's going to be angry at all these. He's going to be angry. And he's going to want to start dishing it out. He's going to put temptation in your way. You're going to have problems, whatever it might be, it's going to happen. We, we know that. It's going to take place. But we've got victory in Jesus. Amen. And the rest of this church, bless you, brother. The rest of the church, we've got victory in Jesus. And the person that you come in contact with, with this next week, is not by coincidence. It's by God. And he says, I want you to work. I want you to witness. If it's going to take money, give money. If it takes a word, speak the word. If it's to give encouragement, give encouragement. If it's to pray, pray. Whatever it is, do it. All to the glory of God. Now, brothers and sisters, are you ready? It's going to be a roller coaster ride, you know that? But he's got something in store for you. I don't know what it is. If I knew what it was, I'd sit down and I'd say, well, it says on page 23 that you're going to be a missionary. But I don't know. You're going to be some missionary. You already are. But he's going to reach out and he's going to do some miracles like you have never witnessed in your life if you just trust and obey. He's going to do that for you. Man, there isn't a mother in the world that doesn't shed a tear for her daughter or for her son. If you don't believe me, you ought to see your mother. It happens because of that love. That's the type of love that God has for you. And heaven is not dry right now. There are tears that are flowing in heaven. I can almost picture Jesus crying in heaven and saying to his Father, it was worth it all. It's worth it. And the angels are up there. They're bawling their eyes out. And they says, we don't understand sin because we, we haven't experienced sin. But man, these guys are right in the thick of the whole thing. And they stood up and they came down by faith in Jesus Christ. And they've got the gift of eternal life. And all of heaven is rejoicing right now. They're singing. Because they can't wait when Jesus comes to see you to go into that heavenly kingdom with your new body and with your faith and with your character to live with them forever. I mean, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus face to face. Man. It was well worth the whole battle. They stepped out by faith. What about you back there? I mean, Jesus is knocking on your door right now and saying, okay. I'm going to test you. You say you got faith. I'm going to test you this week. 
Satan says, I'm going to test them too. Remember, everything that we have, everything that we do, is stamped by the cross of Jesus Christ. If you don't forget anything else, remember that this week. And that's what's going to see you through. That's what's going to boister your faith. And you're going to call out to heaven, and he's promised all the help of heaven to come down to help you in anything that the devil dishes out. He's promised that. And so he's willing to do that. I'm going to ask these individuals, if you can, to kneel with me. If you feel like you need to kneel in the congregation, please kneel. Let's pray. To think, oh Father, at the beginning of the week I had another sermon totally in mind. I wasn't going to preach this. And even when I started, I had notes the direction I was going to go, and you have changed the notes. You have changed the direction. You, we ask that you could, would speak through me that I had crucified myself. And those were the words that came out. And here are the individuals that are here that have responded. Now they need strength. You've promised that strength. You said you'll never leave them nor forsake them. We want your presence with them. You have promised that they can overcome anything through Christ who strengthens them. They're going to need that strength. They're going to need wisdom. You said if anyone lacks in wisdom, just ask. They're going to need that. But right now, today, as they leave this place, they can leave in the victory of Jesus Christ. They have eternal life. And now they're going to prove that to their friends, to their relatives, to their workplaces, to the stranger upon the street. They're going to prove that they have victory in Jesus. This is the fire we need within our church, is to be willing to work and to show the evidence of our faith to others, to not give up, but to overcome whatever the devil has to dish out to us. Help us to encourage each other and to leave in the strength and the power of Jesus Christ until we can come back next Sabbath to totally worship you. That's our desire, and that's the promise that will be fulfilled in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Go, all of you, in the strength and the power of Jesus Christ. The elders, I ask you to meet with me in my office, if you would. May God bless you. I'm sorry I won't be able to shake your hand. You'll just have to shake it twice next week. No, wait, I won't be preaching here next week. Paul preaches. I'll be with the Spanish group. But may the Lord be with you.